I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas with your families and a Happy New Year when it comes round. And uh, Maisie, if you ever fancy a game of golf, I live in Carnoustie, so give me a shout and I'll uh, I'll meet you there for a for a wee game. Oh, wow. That gave me goosebumps everywhere. Scott, that's a deal, mate. And welcome back to another Manchester United podcast. We are back online today. It's been a while since we've done that. Um, I'm Helen Evans. Uh, I'm Sam Homewood. Oh, David Mack. That's nice. This is very 2021, isn't it? Oh my word, it's so locked down. <laughs> so horrible. I actually miss these days in a strange yeah, way. I'm... Sometimes we never have MUTV on and we see us in our living rooms. Sometimes I do think, wow, I should have changed location in my house at uh, the old time. But yeah, I did like those times. I've missed Maisie's dartboard. It's still there, mate. Still there, pal. Yeah. Um, are you in your new house, Alan? I am. I just got in a dartboard delivered today from Santa for Eli. That's why I'm whispering. Oh, wow. That's dangerous. That's a good gift. I will think of you, Maisie, when I hang it up. Oh, my God. And uh, not in my house anywhere. It will not be allowed to be in the house. Maisie, are you good at darts? I went and played darts the other day. I know. With Wes. Yeah. And yeah, they are very good. Yeah. I thought I was all right at darts, and then I learned quite quickly that I'm not. Sam, I don't think you're very good at any sports, to be truthful. <laughs> I would imagine um, I would imagine you're like Bambit playing darts, big gangly thing. Uh, I'm not bad at running. I can just run. I mean, not an elite level, but not in. Pretty I, good I'm scale. not calamity. You know, like Bambit. No, it's something to cling to. We'll be the judge of that, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. But yes, Maisie, I am in my new house. Thank you for asking. So that's changed since we have last been online. And how is it? Yes, very nice, thank you. Settling in well. Good. Um, and since we last met, not even on Zoom, but for any podcast, Sam has had a little addition to the family. So congratulations, Sam. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Doubled up. Doubled the daughters. I don't know if that's an expression, but it felt appropriate. What's uh, what's what's she called? She is called Ottilie. Oh, very cute. I did send you some recommendations. You didn't go with them clearly, but No, they were fine. nice. They were nice names. I'll not be offended. No, that's fine. Thank you. Ottilie. Go on, Maisie. Yep. Never heard that before. Is that a Southampton? <laughs> is that a Southampton name or something like that? Where is it? Where's that from? Uh it's I don't I think it's a French name. Yeah. Well, okay. I suppose. I did grow up I grew up closer to France than London. Has she has she got a middle name, Sam? Yeah, uh Primrose Joy. She's full of names. Ottilie Penrose Joy. Wow. Very yep. nice, Sam. My suggestion was Freya. Yeah, which is a nice name. Oh, well, Sam, we're delighted for you. Thank you very much. Yes. As long as uh, mother and baby are okay, Sam, that's, that's all yep. that matters. Doesn't matter what the little girl's called, she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Maisie, uh, anything new with you? Uh, no, everything's good. Everything's okay, Dora. All set for Christmas. Are you cooking Christmas dinner this year? I will be cooking Christmas dinner again. Yeah, I thought so. I think there's about 12 people coming around, 13 people. So I'll be up early, putting the spuds in, getting the roast in. Yeah. Traditional turkey and ham? Turkey, uh, I, do, I do ham. I, I do ham and coke. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the nicest way. Yeah, boil it in coke and then put black treacle on. Stick it in the oven. Ding, dang, dang. Certainly, it's definitely a choice. What are you going to have, Sam? Uh, Grass and what else? Roast potatoes, <laughs> Brussels sprouts, uh, carrots, cabbage, 
um, all of the things except the other things. So probably a nut roast or some sort of, oh, you tell you what, I got some really good vegan pigs and blankets the other day. They were a treat. Uh, and No, you can't have a vegan pig and blanket. Sorry. Uh, I got a, a fake sausage and cranberry Wellington. It's dreamy. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, why are we talking about Because it is the end of the year, or we're fast approaching it, so we thought we'd look back at the best of the podcast over 2023. And uh, having had a look at some of the names on this, some of them I forgot were this year. Some of them feel like an age ago, which I guess is how time works. did exactly the same. Well, we started the year with Fraser Campbell telling us the incredible story of how he was involved in the Berbatov deal before we hear Fraser Campbell, we're being interrupted by the production team of the podcast. Uh, Nick, what is happening? Hi, Helen, Sam, and that intern, uh, David, I think his name is. Um, great job this year, guys, on the podcasts. Uh, really worth listening to. Really enjoyed and uh, well done. And keep up the good work next season. How lovely is Dennis Urban? That was very nice. Very cheers, nice. Dan. I'm not sure Dennis listens to the podcast. Like, I think he's just pulling the wall over our eyes. But cheers, Dan. I appreciate that. I'm actually out with Dennis on Saturday. Well, I mean, he did call Sam an intern. No, he called Maisie an intern. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, he did. Yeah. That's very yeah. nice of him. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> sorry, Sam. <laughs> oh, he definitely listens then. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Another fantastic year on the podcast. Helen, Maisie, Sam have been excellent. Sam, excellent. Helen, well done. Maisie, you can get your hair cut, mate. But I wish you all the best for the new year. Maisie, you're getting absolutely killed in these. Was that a running joke, Maisie? I like, I, I, I love, I love it. You know, these, these are big call by better people than the bot them to reprobate something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Well, thank, yeah, thank you, Wes. Yes. Cheers. Yes, Maisie, Helen, Sam. Congratulations on another top year of podcasts. Great work, great insights, and great chemistry. Well done. Keep it up. That's what you get from Webs, isn't it? Just Webs. Just professional. Insights. What a word. What a guy. And no insults. Very yeah, nice. that's true. Thank you, Danny Weber. Happy Christmas, Helen, Maisie and Sam. Shazie here. Love listening to the podcast this year. Really looking forward to seeing what you're going to bring us in 2024. Have a good one, lads. Happy Christmas. And all the best for the new year. And lasses. And lasses, Shazie. <laughs> John O'Shea, what a guy. All the very best, lads. Cheers, Shazie. Yeah, That's what say. Irish people do. You just call everybody lads. Yeah. That was so nice. Merry Christmas, John O'Shea. Thank you. Well, that was incredibly lovely and very festive. But we're going to head back to the beginning of the year now with Fraser Campbell telling us the incredible story of how he was involved in the deal to get Dimitar Berbatov to Man United with Sir Alex calling him while he was sat next to Steve Bruce about to move and being told, you got a couple of minutes, make your mind up. It all hinges on you. Can you remember the conversation you had done with the gaffer when he says, right, you, you go at Spurs? Part of Berbatov deal. So yeah, I do. So I was I was with um it was international break, so I was with the England under twenties or twenty ones yeah. or whatever. And I'm sat with I knew that I'm going on loan and I'm sat with Steve Bruce. Yeah. Because he's at Wigan at the time. And he sat with me like, Yep, I'm going on loan to Wigan, whatever. Just speaking to the people here, sending the waiting for the faxes to come through so I could sign or whatnot. So anyway, it's getting later and it's like, what's taking so long? Like waiting for hours for this fax to come yeah. through. Press one button, someone's not doing the job. Anyway, I get a call from a like a withheld number. I think six hundred. Like hello. So our friends, it's Sir Alex here. I'm like, uh, hi. Um, 
I'm going to ring you back in five minutes. You're going to need to give me your answer. But I've got um, got a deal for Berbatov going through. It's £30 million. It's only going to go through if you agree to go there on loan. So I'm going to ring you back in three minutes, four minutes uh, with your decision. I'll speak to you in a minute. Nothing else. That was yeah, it. That was it. So I sat there with Steve Bruce. Talk and about Steve pressure, like, too. What was that? How old like if you, you don't go, I must, we're I must not getting Berbatov. 21. 21. 20, 20, actually, I was 20 going 21. So you imagine, yeah. so Alex was ringing me saying, this deal's not going through unless yeah. you go the other way. I was hardly going to say, no, no. Well, did, did you Bruce phone anyone? What did Bruce say to you? Huh? Did you phone anyone in the meantime to ask, like your dad or anything? No, because I was with, I think I was with my dad. My dad, Steve Bruce, and oh. my agent was there. And I was like, well, that was, so I told Steve and he was like, oh no, you're killing me. Well, I've, I've come to Wigan. I was like, listen, I can't bring him back and say, nah, yeah. I don't fancy it to go to Wigan. Yeah. Just put Steve on the do phone. You know I mean? yes. <laughs> you saw your own issues. I'm doing, doing yeah. mine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that'd have gone down though. So I was just like, well, looks like I'm going Spurs. Also near the beginning of 2023, we were invited to Gordon Strachan's house. It was the first time we've been invited to someone's house. Um, that's not happened since either. But that was a nice day out. Maisie and I got the train down, didn't we, Maisie? That's a lovely little trip. And it was so That terrible. was a lovely little trip. Maisie, we tried to blag ourselves onto first class. <laughs> but we got kicked out. No, did we get kicked out? We did, didn't we? Uh, I think we did, yeah. Just yeah. imagine the two of you I, hiding in the toilet. The we, tried, we tried to blag it, but... <laughs> you got to try and jib your way in, eh? Oh, Absolutely. Straight back to earth. We were put back in economy. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, was a nice little trip. It was lovely. And he was lovely. He was very he was funny, actually. He was brilliant, Garland Strachan. So many good stories. Was, it, do you think about how nice his house was and that it was his 42nd house or something like that? Your memory is ridiculous, Sam. Maybe it's 32nd house. I was actually trying to remember which town he lived in and I couldn't even uh, remember. Levington Spa. Levington Spa, that's the one. We've spoken to a load of your teammates, like Norman and Robbo, for example, and... One thing that's been a nice, fun theme from all of those chats is what it was like going from Big Ron to Sir Alex and the yeah. change of dynamics. But you're in the unique position of having done the reverse. Yeah, yeah. So how different was life under Big Ron? What was the culture like well, at United yeah. compared to Aberdeen? It was night and day. Ron, Ron's theory was if you can make it for a Saturday about 12 for the t- for the mm-hmm. team meal, then you're in. You've got a chance of playing, no matter how you what you're doing yeah. behaving wise in the other five days. As long as you're kind of yeah. just sober, sober by the time you you um, team uh, meal at twelve o'clock, you were in. And Alex was completely different, so it kind mm. of threw me for a while because Alex used to have meetings that we go on because there was no video analysis in the days. Mm. So Alex would have a meeting for an hour on a Thursday and another one for an hour and a half on a Friday. <laughs> like that, dying of death. And <laughs> this guy does that and does that and good that. Right, okay. We things up on the board. And Big Ron's was nothing like that. You know, I'm sitting there at 12 or 1 o'clock at the Midlands Hotel we used to go to, mm-hmm. waiting for this. Where's analysis? He'd open up his... I said, I'm opening his briefcase. And I thought, here we go. He's got all this stuff in there. Nah, it was Kuros, aftershave, dollar <laughs> in there. And he, so he just gave himself a wee spin. Well, as we're playing against Waterford, they've got these guys, two boys up front, bump, bump, bump. And that's what they do. We've got this way. Play the, 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 the wee guys, me and Jasper. Crosses, Norman, bombing Reds. Okay. And that was it. And that was, that was it. What, what was all that about? <laughs> you know? Uh, so, after Gordon, we met up with Teddy in a hotel near London. He's going to tell us about the Champions League final. Before we hear this clip, I will say that this is one of my all-time favourite podcasts because his retelling 
of those final few moments at the new camp were just extraordinary. One of my favourite stories we've ever had, even though it's a story that's so well known, just to hear a new version of it with new details was yeah, amazing. Yeah, he told us parts that we didn't know. Running back to the halfway line, so we've got another half hour of this. What did you think? Obviously, we're all, everyone's jogging back to the halfway line. Did you think then we'll win it in normal time or was you mentally preparing them well we're already into injury time me and Ollie actually had a conversation getting back to the halfway line when we went brilliant we're going to have another half hour he loved playing football as much as I did and it was like we're going to have another half hour in the camp new playing in this I think we was like a pair of kids excited for our first game of football and it was, we're going to have another half an hour on this. St- what a, what a wow. setting. Brilliant, eh? And it was like, fantastic. <laughs> we're both buzzing like that. Little did we know that half a minute later, <laughs> Ollie's gone down the left wing, tried to whip a ball in. It's a defender, goes out for a corner. I can see Beck's running across. Now, I'm obviously feeling 10 feet tall now. I've just scored the equaliser in the Champions League final. It's like, Bex, just put it in an area where you know I want to want to yeah. attack the ball and I will I'll jump above anybody I'm rare I'm buzzing did you say that to him which is what you were thinking no I didn't no I'm thinking it and I'm thinking just Bex just put it in that area I'm, I'm tingling with the, the thought of it I've just scored one I'm going to score another go on I'm, I'm going to as he run up to take it I take my defender away to think I'm going to the far post and then make a hard run towards the near post put it in there Bex and he's put it in a beautiful area. And I, as I'm running to get up, I've jumped. And I'm like, I want to head it back in the near post. And you're talking about the instincts of what goes yeah. on in a footballer's mind. I instinctively thought, if I head it there for that near post, I'm up that slightly too early and it's going to go over the bar. So all I can do is flick it onto the far post and hope that someone's there. I don't want to, you know, I yeah. don't want to waste that opportunity. And I'm up and I'm, nah. And it was just like, boom, in it into that area. And out the corner of my eye, as I'm falling away like that, I see I see Ollie poke it into the top and he's like, oh my God, let's go. As you said before, Sam, some incredible stories and the way he told them was so good. And weirdly, I'd never met Teddy Sheringham. I'd obviously, I've obviously been at the club for a very long time. And Maisie, you haven't, hadn't actually seen him in a long time either, had you? No, no. First time in, I don't know, probably... Well, apart from the the reunion, before then would have been, I don't know, five, six, seven years. He's a mystic figure. It's always good to see each other, isn't it? It's so good catching up. So good. But yeah, that was class. The food was nice in that hotel too. Side note. Just a whole, yeah, it was actually, it was really good. (laughs) I do remember the food. Okay, then uh, not long after that, we travelled to Watford. Wow, we did a lot of travelling in 2023 uh, to speak to Tom Cleverley. And that was a very, very honest conversation, yeah. sometimes a little bit emotional. Have a listen to this one. It's a bit of a weird dynamic, in it, for football clubs? Y- your teammate is your first opponent for your position. Yeah. So it's, there's not many industries that that happens. Um, but I just remember training with Skulls and just think, being jealous of how good he was. Like, I'm <laughs> competing with this guy who doesn't misplace or miss it one ball and... Yeah, it does wind you up some days. You think, how am I going to get in this team? I, I mentioned it to earlier on, off, off camera, about I was with Scalzi this morning and I said, I'm just coming down to do, do a podcast with you. And it actually said you was a top, top player. Yeah, I mean, I think I... You should have done better. Yeah, I, I will, I'm not shy to admit that the, the season 
the under Moyes mm-hmm. scarred me a lot and yeah. I'm not saying anything bad about no, Moyes no. I thought he was a great fo- football manager but that season 13-14 <clears throat> mentally scarred me um, lost confidence and yeah I, th- I think when it sort of scars you for a few years and you start to doubt yourself and, and, and things like that so how old you would have been then? I was 21, 22 uh, would have been 13 no a bit older 24 24 in what 24. way what do you mean it scarred you? Um, I think on a football pitch, as you say, you need to be instinctive in everything you do. Mm-hmm. So if you're second thinking every, every decision you make, you just you become half the player you, you yeah. should be. And and I was doing that for a season, um, and then went on to teams um, like Villa and great football clubs, but scrapping at the wrong end of the table. And you sort of just more of a work work player there mm-hmm. brings energy to the team, and mm-hmm. it's hard to. Re- the type of player I am, it's hard to excel in, in them struggling teams. So, although I'm really proud to represent them, it, it was difficult for me to really get my full potential out. Mm-hmm. What's that second guessing because of outside influences? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was always my uh, my dream to play for Man United. And, and at the time, a, a young lad from Bradford, I felt like a failure doing it. And it's a bit of a crazy way to think, playing for United in England, but... At the time, I was playing poorly, and and it was really the start of social media yeah. being toxic. And yeah, I found it hard to deal with. Obviously, Tom's retired now. I think the big surprise wasn't that he was a really lovely man. Just the, his thoughts on his career, which was really interesting, weren't they? Yeah, quite sad in parts that he felt that way. Next up, we had Ella Toon, and we're going to hear a clip of Helen in full uh, mum mode asking if she had any backup plans away from football. At this age, obviously there were professional footballers when you were at school but did you have a backup plan? Like not what? like my mum. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that I am such a mum. <laughs> you know what? I didn't have a backup plan because all I ever wanted to do was, was football but my mum always said you need to do your school work it's a non-negotiable Ella you've got to go to school you've got to go to college um, but yeah, I think I'd be struggling um, if I if I didn't make it in football. But obviously, like I said, I, I love sport, so probably something to do with that PE teacher or something like that. But yeah, the aim was always football. Didn't need it, did you? Obviously not. I told my mum that back in the day, but she never listened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christian Eriksen, we were actually back in the same room in which we spoke to Ella Toon, and we did have some great conversations off yeah. camera that in that one as well, but an unbelievable career um, and obviously we all know an unbelievable story and what he has had to overcome uh, in his life. So finally your move to Manchester United comes about because I know Sam had dreamt about it for about 10 years before but it wasn't (laughs) going to happen Sam. Um, Tell us about the move. How did it happen? Uh, Well how did it happen? Uh, Well I ended up being at Brentford until the the summer obviously and the contract was, uh, was running out. Uh, so I was a free man to, to talk to other clubs and, and kept my possibilities open. Uh, at the time, I wasn't closed down on going back to Brentford. I wanted to see what else came in. It was something that could tempt me away from how good it was there. And then, of course, United came in uh, speaking to the manager on the phone. Uh, and then it was like, yeah, I could actually see myself going to United. And luckily, they they pulled through and I did as well. Um, so in the, in the, in the end... Uh, coming here was uh, was definitely very special. It seemed like a perfect fit, Maisie, at the time, Absolutely. didn't it? Absolutely. I think a lot of Manchester United fans were thinking, wow, 
we've got lucky here. Yeah, of course. I mean, everyone will remember his time at Spurs as a as a Spurs player, but I I I think you're an unbelievable player. I do, and I'm so glad that you you are at Manchester United. After question, we sat down with Fred. Uh, he was a lovely guy, as you'd expect, and it was his first like big long conversation in English, which I think is really impressive. Let's have a listen, shall we? One thing Helen and I were speaking about earlier is that when you play, you're always smiling and you always seem very happy on the pitch. Is that what you're like all the time, or is it just football brings you joy? I think it's every time, our time, you need to to be happy, not just in football, but in your life. We are blessed of to be here, so I have a a good job, the best team of the world. I have a beautiful, beautiful family, so I'm so blessed, and uh, so I'm happy. So every time I smile, you you see me smiling. So it's every day like the same. Yes, so many managers have made comment about you. Uh, You were called Sunshine. (laughs) Everybody loves Fred. You're a positive (laughs) influence. And as I said before, there's been many Brazilians here over the years and fans in particular always love to see the smile on the face and the enthusiasm. Uh, How do you feel your connection is with the fans? I'm very happy with this. But uh, uh, I think we need to be happy every day. So the fans look at me always... To smile, I always go to go to sign, go to take a picture with the fans. Uh, this connection is good, yeah, with our fans. So uh, it's, it's important, and uh, every time we see, uh, we you see me smiling with the fans, with everyone. So it's so good. Well, your friends actually are here. <laughs> is he always this happy? <laughs> oh yes, see. <laughs> Not just for the cameras. (laughs) And straight after Fred, we sat down at a golf club, which I guess is Maisie's dream, with Steve Bruce. We was, yes. Down at May. Nice. Four years it took us to get to a golf course. How was that first Premier League title? Well, a bit like what we're going through now. What is it now, 10 years? I think next season will be 10 years since we won it. To think that Man U hadn't won the league for 26 years is quite ridiculous, really. When you think of what happened from the first one. I'm always going to say the first one was always going to be the best because I think the people had waited so long, the supporters had waited so long, and there was a big... We were never going to make it at one stage. So to win it, to win it was, for me, the for the, the ultimate. I don't think... I remember the Samat and the atmosphere at the stadium when we were playing Blackburn and let's be fair, half of us were half cut from the day before and still managed to win 3-1. I remember ringing Sir Alex then as well saying there's a few players turned up at the house and he said, well, make sure they're home for 10. I said, what, in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Better not be, phone goes down, you know, so. um, Yeah, Yeah, because the celebration party was at your house, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know how that came about either. I really, really don't know because as I said to you, you know, there wasn't, mobile phones or anything then you it but it got round that they're all going to come to my house don't know why they're coming to my house but anyway they did and uh we had a good time to say the least helen one of the best questions out of the 160 odd podcasts we've done came in the eric Steele podcast who's who asked the question Maisie? can you remember it uh non <laughs> next year sam i still think it was a good question 
So, Eric, what does a co- goalkeeping coach actually <laughs> do? What? Well, I don't know. It's what best. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best question you could ever ever ask a goalkeeper. I'm going to take this sincerely. Thank you. Can I ask what may seem like a, a stupid question? I might be the only person in the room who doesn't know this. What does a goalkeeping coach actually do? That is a stupid question. Well, it feels like a stupid question. But I mean, like on a on a day to day, because like I think as as an observer of the game, as opposed to someone who's in it, mm-hmm. you 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 see what players. Do you, you see clips of training and stuff? But you only see like we spoke to Ben Foster, and he told us that Edwin would just come and bounce a few balls, then take his gloves off, and that was him done. Mm. So that was it... more Ben than Edwin, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely Ben, not Edwin. But in Edwin terms was... of like uh, like routine, yeah. is it obviously you're trying to get the players to the next level and to get the very best from them? Is that the conditioning and before? Like how how do you go about it? Huge, huge. It's a it's a planning operation. Uh, you have to be a sponge and listen. That's the biggest thing I learned during my coaching career. Don't be scared. Don't be scared to listen. Ask questions. So if I was working with Maisie and he was the centre half in front of Edwin, I'd, I'd, I'd be saying to Maisie, "Where do you want to be on corners against Johnny? Where's your preference? Do you want a man mark or your zonal?" So it's a you're preparing your goalkeepers to do to do the job. You know you need to know the philosophy of the team, right? What's what was what's Alex want? What did he want in terms of his team? What he wanted to play? He wanted a goalkeeper that could, could play like we're bound to have the discussion over David, can play from the back, or he can hit long, he can do transition, he mm-hmm. can pick, right? You've got to know the tactical side of the game to do that. You've got to know it as well. You link in with the staff. What's your week looking like? So I used to say, I used to go to Friday and work it backwards, right? By Friday, what have I, got to, what have I done? I've got to make sure I've given Edwin some sort of scenario as to the team we're playing, Champions League on a Wednesday, then game on a Sunday. We then have to say, right, what's the gym programme? So I'd link in with Tony Strudwick or some of the sports science guys. You then look at your sessions in terms of speaking with Rennie, Mick Phelan. When do you want the goalkeepers involved? How many? You then, certainly in the year I was at, I was there. We used to do work with the back four. So, I, you know, I can remember one day Mick Phelan threw it at me after we just come out of the planning meeting because Sir Alex wasn't involved in that. It was Rennie and Mick, sports science, the doc, Steve McNally. And I remember... Gary, uh, Gary Neville, he nudged me and said, big day for you, Steely, today. And I had no clue what he was talking about. And Mick went, Steely, this morning I want you to do 2v2s, 3v3s, 1v1s. Yeah, he says you'll have Ferdinand Vidic, I think Johnny was involved, Wes Brown, John O'Shea, Patrice Evra, poor players, weren't they, really? <laughs> what could I have taught them? Just scraping the barrel out. So I just remember Mick Phelan coming up. And he, he walked out the room, he, he walked back in, and he just says, enough, no, yeah. by the way, Steely, make sure you do it right, because you'll only get one chance. Uh, following that spectacular question, I spoke to Mark Skinner about the great season that our women's team have had. We're ahead of schedule, we are. I don't want to keep using the five seasons old conversation. We, we have to, at some point, drop that. The, the biggest point for me this year is where we've grown is the experience. We've got the most experience from last year, from the year before, where we failed. So... Not getting what we want this year in terms of a first place finish and a cup, um, you know, it'll only drive us forwards. But, but I can't. I can only be pleased when I reflect on it. When I'm not as angry at losing the league on the last day, I will sit back and I'll reflect. And there's been huge growth. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to read the statistics later. But when you look at that, my performance metrics, if they're there next year and we had the right players into this team, then I, th- you know, I think we can we can go on to achieve special things. You talk about the experience and <coughs> experience in loss. 
you made all the players stand there and watch Chelsea lift that trophy at Wembley. Yeah. How big a kind of learning curve and moment do you think that was for the coaching staff and the players? Do you know what's, you know what's really crazy? I, I did that against them in the league last year when we lost 4-2 at their home ground when they lifted the trophy. And it wasn't really shown on TV because I think Kings Meadows, like, you can only view it from that point. But I made them do it and there was a little bit of reluctance from the team to do that and they didn't understand why. And I got a little bit of kickback. This year, they automatically came together. And when we looked at, you know, we're getting closer to Chelsea, there's no doubt. And look, and I don't mind it. Chelsea spend a lot more money than we spend, a lot more money. And so um, for me, it was about, they have to face into it, Siobhan. They have to face into loss because it's the only way you grow. We we never, you, you've been out. When you win, you go, that's brilliant. And you have some fun in it. But you don't really, unless you're a studious kind of character, learn lots from being successful. And every coach says that. But but for me, it was those, it's those intense moments where every day you work with a player and not everything drips into their psyche, right? They don't, they don't remember everything you say. And you need big moments to really shake them. And they don't want to feel like that. It's devastating to feel a loss at that stage of a season or, or a cup final. And so really they're taking all the emotion and, and it fuels them and it fuels us as humans in every walk of life. So I did it for a reason and and the players now, I, what I want them to do in the future, Siobhan, is I want them to face into it on their own because I'm their guide. I'm not. I should, I'm their lead, I'm their guide, I'm the one that will take all the pressure. But the reality is they're the ones that are going to win on the field and I want to put them in the best place to do that. And I think psychologically that's why we did that, to, to give them that that kind of togetherness in adversity and then we went to munich to speak to daily blind what a trip that was um what's your overriding memory of that trip sam mine definitely is Maisie sat on that bayern munich deck chair yeah with the bayern munich bucket hat on <laughs> it was absolutely amazing it's all i will ever think about when i think of uh our time in munich i mean me and helen had a lovely little trip that went down to the Munich Memorial. We did, may I say? Yeah, I popped down the day before because I got in. I got in early. Yeah, it was special that. You did. Oh, so nice. I'm just wondering because here we are in 2023 having a conversation just about your career and we've already talked about your dad so much. It made me think when you were in the academy and it was all happening then, it, it must have been relentless. Was there ever a point you thought, maybe I'll go to Feyenoord, PSV or somewhere and just, just to get away from that expectation and, and the shadow of your dad's legacy? No, I never really considered that. Um, I'm also really proud that he is my dad and he, yeah, got so much success as a football player. I think also in my uh, time as a young player, he tried to, yeah, step away from it a little bit. Um, also because he had his own team, his own football. He was not really a lot of times when he could watch my games. Um, I have to say my mom was always there with my sisters and sometimes my dad also say, yeah, uh, my mom did uh, the racing most of the times because he was gone always. And um, of course, when he could, he he tried to watch the games. But I think the pressure came when I got older, like uh, the expectation from the people outside on the on the stands. Um, yeah, when you come on a youth tournament when you're 19, you see blind on the on the on the on the folder when, when he's playing. Ah, this is the son of uh, Danny Blind. He, yeah, let's let's see him. And I've always the feeling when I played like a six, like average I was a four you know and when I was like 
good, I was like a 10. And it was not really fair, I think. People uh, judged me more because of my name, I think. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's it's hard with the pressure, but I think it's also made me more a fighter to to show them what I was capable of because I, I didn't want to give them any reason that I'm doing it because of him or I can make professional football because of him. Maisie and I then spoke to Kevin Moran uh, to talk about that famous red card in the FA Cup final and how he used to sneak off to Ireland to play Gaelic football, one of my favourite ever stories in the podcast. So you signed your contract, but you were still actually going home. Were you sneaking home to still play Gaelic? (sighs) I wasn't sneaking home. Okay, it's been long enough now, so Kevin. Okay, you can no, just yeah. be honest. <laughs> Kevin, I'm not going to come after you now. <laughs> yes, no, there indeed. was a bit of an agreement, was there? No, there was no, no agreement. No, no agreement. There was no, no. No, no agreement in place at all. No, uh, during during the summer. Well, you must remember the Gaelic football season is, is the championship season. The All Ireland season is a summer season, and here the summer you, you get a break off then as well, really. So I did go back and I trained with Dublin when I went back during in the summer of '78. I played in the in the, the Leinster semi-final, the Leinster final, the All Ireland semi-final, and in all those games, the club never knew anything about so it. That never filtered back. I ne- can't never believe that. Back. I can't none, believe none that. Of those, none of those things filtered back. The great thing about that period was the age of. No social media. Yeah. yeah. No social media. Yeah, but we're not no talking about phones. like a game where there's like a hundred people. Like there's thousands and thousands of Absolutely. people at those games. Absolutely. But there's no interest back here in it. I'm not coming back shouting yeah. my mouth off about it either. You know, even the players in the dressing room might not even know about it because yeah. what am I telling them for? You know, um, there, there was no need to. I just played, went and played in these games. And it was only when we got to the final in 78 that the management team, Tony Hanahoe and Kevin Heffernan thought, we better go over and ask permission for Kevin to play in this particular game. So they came over and asked Dave Sexton and Dave, Dave was brilliant about it. He said, by all means, sure, he can go. Actually, he said, why doesn't he go over a week beforehand and he can train with us? You know, I said, that's how good it was. And they were delighted with that. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't work out that great because on the Tuesday before the final, when I was training, I pulled my hamstring. And then I played through the whole game with a pulled hamstring and was gone from the first warm-up session. I, I just never played. And I went through the whole game with it and it just pulled the thing asunder. Then. So when I got back to United, um, oh, by the way, which very seldom happens, I ended up with about nine stitches in my head as well in that project. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd laugh at that. But the truth is you don't usually get stitches in, in, in Gaelic football. But it was a, it was a fluke See, injury. You, you, Somebody's you, knee went into me. I was yeah. down on the ground and just by accident. And uh, so I went back the following day and, you know... With I, one I just, hamstring and a big hamstring. And it took me nearly three months to get the hamstring right. Mm. You know, I gave it six weeks, seven weeks, and then it'd go again and go again. It was, so it was a very frustrating time for me when I went back. Can you imagine, Matt? Can you imagine actually getting away with it? I know, like 100,000 people at Going those games. Going up to play in an Incredible. It's astonishing. Yeah. What an effort. Kevin class. Sam, I can't remember why you weren't there for that one. I can't remember either. You missed a classic there. Was she a good child then, Sam? I don't think no. Because so. she's new. Maybe maybe it was an antenatal class doing your breathing. Could have been that. Could easily have been that. Um, no, I can't remember. It was, I was I pretty sure I was doing something with United. I just can't think what it was. I was just doing a different Ditching day with United. Ditching us, Maisie. Ditching us. 
Uh, anyway, we're going to hear a clip from something a little bit different. It was a podcast I was involved in learning about Manchester and its links to the LGBTQ plus community. This is a clip from United and Proud. Uh, so Fufu Lamar was born as Frank Lamar over in Ancoats. He was a budding boxer as a teenager, um, quite a good one. And then he started to do cabaret most Fridays at the Ancoats Arms. So his dad thought, oh, great. Frank's doing a bit of um, a bit of cabaret. Let's go see how they might do a couple of swing numbers, American standards. Uh, no, when he went along, he saw Frank dressed as Fufu Lamar so his dad chucked a bar stool at him and didn't talk to him again until Fufu Lamar became a multi-millionaire. And strangely enough, uh, they managed to reconcile. He had quite a few bars. The most famous one was Fufu's Palace. Uh, yeah, Fufu's Palace, it was sort of like the, the favourite bar of the Manchester United team in the 1990s. Which is just, just such a wonderful kind of oil and water in my head. Uh, and also at his... Um, at his funeral, it was Sir Alex Ferguson, one of his best mates, that read out the eulogy. So we are now approaching the end of the year. You guys left me on my lonesome and I was joined by guest hosts Wes Brown and Lou McCarry to talk to Jesper Olsen. I actually don't think we've talked about this, how you both ditched me and I got new hosts. Seems like you ditched us if you were the one that got new hosts. No, no, you, you couldn't make it. So you just carried on without us? wasn't the same without you guys. You had to say that. Oh, no, I genuinely mean that. It was not the same without you. Although Lou and Wes did a great job. This was a first because we had a bit of a live audience. Jesper was joined by students from his future football coaching school and a couple of the boys were able to get involved with the podcast, which was nice, and they asked some questions. Does anybody want to come and ask a question to Lou or to Wes? It can't be a child. It can't be a parent. Sorry, I'm trying to turn my head around. We have a f- He's got his hand straight up. <laughs> Next. Do you want to stand here? One. Tell you what. Okay. You sit there. I'll stand behind you. There you go. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, so who is the greatest player each of you have played with? Oh, good question. Do you want to start first, Jesper? Yes. Johan Cruyff. Yes. Yeah. Good answer. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Lou? George Best. A few good names being thrown about here, Wes. The mine's tough, but I, I will go with Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, there we go. Three. What's your yeah, name, three. sorry? Uh, Gab. Gab, very, very good question. And some good footballers there too. Who's your best, your favourite player? Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano oh, there you go. Ronaldo. Could be yeah. a few of them, yeah. I think. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody well else done. got a question? Yeah, we've got one else. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Charlie. Charlie. How was it like playing football when you were like younger? Ooh. What was it like playing football? Yeah. When I grew up in my hometown. Yeah, Charlie. when you yeah, yeah when you were like how? Well, it was it was very different in those days. We played on the streets. We played at school. We, we played anywhere, I suppose, that we could find a, a a bit of space because in those days you were allowed to be out on your own on the streets. Yeah. And normally lived in your own uh, smaller town, so it was uh, different days then Charlie for sure yeah. and we could always find somebody to play with yeah yeah Lou will ask you that question too uh, I started with a team in Scotland called Celtic you've heard of Celtic yeah. haven't you <laughs> good <laughs> yeah um, and I was a Celtic supporter I used to go and watch them play every week and I never thought that one day I would be playing for Celtic yeah. but I did eventually play and it, it taught me that there's always hope and I was small like yourself and I thought I'm too small to be a footballer, but people could convince me I wasn't too small. Can people convince me I was good enough to play professional football? 
And one day, who would you like to play for? Man United. Oh, Man United, right. That's a right answer. Eh? <laughs> yeah. It can happen. <laughs> yeah. It can go. happen. Mm. You've heard it from Lou McCarry. Yeah. Where's what was football like yeah. for you growing up? Pretty much the same. Um, we played on the street. You know, you'd be playing half on the grass, half on the road. You'd be hoping you didn't kick the curb. So we played in all different positions. I mean, I didn't play. How old are you? Um, 10. 10, okay. So I started playing football about 10. I didn't play any sort of football um, in a team till I was 11. I played, well, I thought I was going to be a right winger or a striker because that's as a kid, <laughs> you want to score the goals. Um, and then, you know, one day someone just put me at the back. I was pretty quick and that was it. Stayed there. I wasn't happy at the beginning, um, but then realised I was pretty good at it. So it's all changed a little bit and then got scouted and within of maybe going to a team called Old, Oldham Athletic, what in there, going on trials at Man City and not getting on. So a week later, Nobby um, Styles phoning my dad saying he's coming United and that was it. And speaking of being ditched, Maisie and I did one without you, Helen. We sat down with Ultai Bayende and he was amazing. Here's a clip. If you are catching the ball, you're hero. Everyone is <laughs> your hero. Yes, come on, yes. <laughs> if penalty is there, woo! Yeah, you did, you did. That's brilliant. And I was, uh, I was, I spoke with my mom, and hey, mom, uh, my mom in the uh, kitchen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's working uh, for every woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I spoke with my mother. Mother, what do you think for my position? What do you think? I can play striker. I can play in the goal, like goalkeeper. And she, she, she don't know too much, but mm -hmm. she know. She's watching sometimes because every time, every day, every night, we are watching yeah. game in the TV. Then she say, you can, you can do goalkeeper position is... Uh, better for you I think you are tall and don't run too much everyone <laughs> running you know but she don't know have a stress in the goal yeah. this time because I have kids now I'm professional <laughs> I have a lot of stress in the goal yeah it's different Phil. that's uh, brilliant Altai was absolutely brilliant yes Helen you missed an absolute belt of that do you know what hurt um, after that you actually phoned me and said one of the best podcasts we've ever done. Well, that's because I'm a that, that's because I'm a kind person, and, and I was able to ask good questions because I finally knew what a goalkeeping coach does. Gave me more insight to a goalkeeper. So you can say you ask good questions because I wasn't there. Good question. Hey, bang on, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I thought he was absolutely amazing. Um, he wanted to do it all in Turkish through his interpreter, but because his English was so good, he did it all in English. And he was, yeah, he was superb. It, it was great. Nothing because of Maisie or I. It was just his personality was amazing. Thankfully, we were all reunited for Delo. He returned to the podcast last month and Sam won a little quiz. Let's hear this. Oh, I did. Question three, Mike. I didn't answer that. So it was, uh, it was Louis Van Howe when he was manager was talking oh, about Mike Chris Smalling, Smalling in the press conference and he called oh, him Mike, Mike Smalling. Mike, yeah, yeah, I remember wow. that. Ah, there was a tricky one. Yeah. Was a tricky one. Uh, Ronaldinho. No idea. No one has got this right. I don't think. No, well, I just so I, I just I just went for some Ronaldo Gaucho. Yeah, that's what I wrote. That's I what I had to put. It's not even that. No, it's not even that. I know it's completely different. What is it? 
Ronaldo de Assis Moreira. Ronaldo, Ronaldo oh. de Assis Moreira, yes, yes. yes. Thank you, wow. thank you. Come on. Okay, El Matador, maybe. You put two, I just put one. Yeah, I put two. Go on, don't know. I put uh, Fal- I- Falcao or Cavani. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote... That, I, was that your second oh, answer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, I put <laughs> Cavani. And then I, when I you said Cavani. second one, I said, when you said oh, there's two, and I thought, oh, I wonder if he's thinking about Falcao. Yeah, Falcao. Go on, Sam. Worst quiz ever. Maisie, your answers were legend. Mine were legit answers. Yours were all fake. He was rubbish. cheating, Maisie. He was, look- he was looking at the answers. That was the episode when I lost my voice. Oh, that was so unfortunate. <laughs> that was really funny when you lost your voice. Definitely was not It's not funny. what you want as a podcast host. But 2024 will be bigger and better than ever. And hopefully we can all be together on all the podcasts because we always do have such a good laugh when we are together. Lots of trips, lots of travel. Yeah. Is there anyone that we'd like to get on that's not going to I mean, there's the obvious ones, like your David Beckham's, your Roy Keane's, those kind of names. Gary Neville. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. The Johnny yeah. Evans is. I'd like to do a part two um, with Albert. Yeah. I just thought his yeah. first story was so good. He must have, he must have so many stories. That's Albert Morgan, the kit man for anybody listening. I thought it when he popped up in the Beckham documentary. I know. Yeah, listen to part one. Every time he was there, I was like, we've got to get him again. Yeah, he's so good. He's collapsed. Well, Valencia is in uh, Ecuador. We um, go to Ecuador. Too far, Sam. Um, we, we, we could tie that with Ando. Yeah, get out to Brazil. Oh, I'd love to talk to South Anderson. American tour going on here. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, then we could get uh, Juan Sabo Veron. See, w- once you start, Sabre, you realise yeah. there's so many we haven't got yet. A controversial figure. Well, two of them. Other Argentinians. Ainsé and Tevez, I imagine, are both out there somewhere. I'm sure Tevez would be delighted to speak to us. We could just sort of grill them. Hey, but while we're down there, we might as well yeah, try. Marcus Rojo, he's another Argentinian. We just go, let's just go to Argentina. What do you say? I'm sure everything is so close over there. Cleberson? Yeah. yeah exactly, Why don't yeah. we go and visit the De Silva twins while we're in that part of the world? I reckon we should fly from Malaga because then we could do John Kidman. Now we're talking. There you go. There you go. Who needs a travel agent? Happy days. To end this madness and this episode, uh, I believe the production team have got another surprise for us. Hey, uh, this is Caio. I'm all the way across the pond here in Brazil. I just want to say the podcast and everyone involved with uh, You guys lift my day up. If I have sort of like the worst day ever uh when the podcast came out i save it and i listen before i go to bed and it puts a big smile in my heart so for that i say thank you before we heard that i was thinking at some point we've talked about everyone we've gone and seen all the places we want to go but really the reason this is great is because people listen to it and that like kyle's just done it this is a the joy of this is that people engage with it and they like it and it means something to people. It's amazing. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. It's always nice to put, you know, big smiles on people's faces. Well Thank done, you so much for sending that message in to us, Kyle. It means a lot. Yeah. Happy Christmas, y'all, from the Texas Hill Country. My name is Rob Alberts and I've been a Red Devil since 1967. In fact, my son Zach and I both bleed United Red. We've been to every tour and long time ago, when he was about 12 years old, we made it over for one of those big European nights at Old Trafford, and it's one of the greatest memories we share. I love the club, I love the podcast, and I just want to say again, happy Christmas, and I wish each of us a bright, shiny new year. Well, Rob, one, lovely message. Two, what a voice. I know. 
What's he's had his own podcast. Yeah, man. I'd like that voice. Incredible that he's been to the tours as well. Love that. Yeah, that's impressive, isn't it? Amazing. Thank you, Rob. Have a lovely, shiny Christmas. Thank you, Rob. That's beautiful. Hello, Maisie, Sam, and Lady Evans. This is Alex Davidson sending seasonal greetings from across the pond in Boston, Massachusetts. Love the pod. Uh, Listen to it as often as I can. My request is for one of the... um, is to hear any of the heroes from that Tommy Dock side. You've had a few. Martin Bucken would be a great a great one to have on. He has been described as one of the best captains United ever had, and we don't hear from him very much. So that would be great. Merry Christmas, and uh, looking forward to more great pods. Take care. Bye. Well, that was all lovely, but I think I imagine, Maisie, you're thinking the same as I am. Lady Evans. Lady Evans. He knows the score. Oh, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Sam, Helen, and Maisie. My name is Jackson Maples. I live in Kenya. And I just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, Me and my dad have been menu supporters for a long time. Also, I just wanted to thank you guys for what you guys do with the podcast. As a young footballer, I find it encouraging and inspiring hearing these stories of former menu players, current menu players. Um, yeah, I just love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Bye, guys. Well, that was lovely. Thank, Thank you, Jackson. You. This is nice, isn't it? Just loads Beautiful. of leaving little messages being like, well done. Yeah, very pleasant. Loads of people saying how great we are. Keep them coming. I mean, normally, normally we get, well, normally we get emails, but it's great when you have, I know we don't have voice, uh, faces. Well, personal though, isn't it? It's nice. It's yeah, nice it's lovely. It's one of my favourite things on like a match day when you bump into someone and they say, oh, I love the podcast. So many people say that as well. Hello, Sam, Helen and Maisie. Hope you're all well. Uh, Kent Morgan here from New Zealand. Little old Blenheim in Good New day, Zealand. Uh, you read out a, a message from me earlier this year and seemed to enjoy my name. So I thought I'd send a message through to you for Christmas. Um, I was chuffed to bits when I heard you read out my message earlier in the year. So thank you very much. Uh, you're a you're a generous bunch over there in Manchester. Lovely, lovely jubbly. Wanted to drop you a message thanking you for a stellar 2023 of podcasts. An entertaining banter between yourselves and the guests. It's always a pleasure to listen to when, when I'm going on my 10, 15k runs. I'll chuck you on in my, my headphones and have a bit of a listen. Um, I've got two weeks off over Christmas this year, so I'm looking forward to the 3am kickoffs here in New Zealand without it being too much of an inconvenience to my workday. Maisie, I hope you get some new clubs for Christmas. Helen, I hope Johnny can put some wins under the tree for you. And uh, Sam, I'm hoping Scolzi sends you a, a Facebook f- friend request, mate. <laughs> Have a great festive period and here's to more in 2024. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Oh, that's a fantastic that message. That is amazing. Ken, that's yeah, brilliant. So good. Thank you, Ken. That's so Thank kind you. of you. I also hope I get that friend request. What a lovely man. Hi, Helen. Sam and Maisie. My name is Scott Robertson. You might remember reading my email on a recent podcast about my battle with leukaemia and all the messages of support that I've received from the club. And then when yourselves read the the email out on the podcast, I felt like a wee boy again, running about telling and showing my letting my all my family listen. Being back at work now, I'm uh, I'm loving listening to the podcast, hearing everybody's uh, experiences at the at United. It's amazing to hear 
whilst I'm out driving, so it really passes the time, which is great hearing all the highs and the lows and all the the funny stories that all the players and uh, ex-coaches and things like that have all have all been through. So it's great. I just want to finish you off by saying I hope you all have a very merry Christmas with your families and a happy new year when it comes round. And uh, Maisie, if you ever fancy a game of golf, I live in Carnoustie, so give me a shout and I'll uh, I'll meet you there for a for a wee game. Thanks again, and like I say, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I'll hopefully listen to more of your podcast soon. Thank you. Oh, wow. That gave me goosebumps everywhere. Scott, that's a deal, mate. That's a deal. I'm so glad uh, things are looking good. Do you know where that is, Maisie? Can I stay? Oh, great course. Great course. Well, one, I want to hear about that game of golf. This may be the first game of golf in history that I'd like to hear about. Uh, and secondly, Scott, wonderful that you're back at work and you sound great. So that's brilliant. And have a wonderful Christmas, mate. And thank you so much for getting in touch personally to tell us that you are feeling better and back to work. It's really, really lovely to hear from you. Well done, Scott. Cheers, Bob. Merry Christmas to Sam, Helen and Maisie. Thank you so much for all the great stories on the podcast this year. Gordon Strachan's was hilarious. Ella Toons was really insightful on her rise to the top and Steve Bruce was full of great stories as well. Thanks again. Have a great Christmas and New Year and we'll see you all in the New Year. Thanks, Stephen in Darwin. Stephen has done such a succinct job of that. You didn't need any of us for this podcast. Could have just played that out as the episode. I was thinking He's mentioned that who we spoke to. He talks about what happened. Job done. Hello, Steve. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Hi, my name is John Hicks and I'm from Dublin. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of the Man United podcast. Big shout out to Helen, Maisie and Sam uh, for putting together such a magnificent podcast. You guys have done a stellar job. I just want to tell you that the podcast, what it means to me, it means absolutely everything. When I get the weekly notification to say there's a new podcast, I basically can't wait to start work the next day. Because I work remotely, I listen to the podcast whilst in inverted commas working United uh, it just it reminds me of my, uh, my my late father who used to who used to watch the matches together I do want to thank you for some of the guests as well that you've had on I, I'm very grateful that you had uh, Kevin Moran on I was asking for Kevin Moran uh, previously also I'm still awaiting um, a Paul McGrath episode probably second to that would be um certain Roy Kane now for my, uh, my my Santa wish list this year um, Maisie if you're not using that beer machine anymore because my wife <laughs> uh, she's uh, refusing to get one for me this Christmas as I said at the start of this I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic Christmas and a happy new year and uh, to all the United followers keep following go on Maisie you could drop that off on your way to your golf game he's got his own little tour to do this year doesn't he Scotland Ireland yeah, a couple of invites there. Happy days. Uh, unfortunately, mate, I've just chopped up the day machine, so uh, that will be in use over the next uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, doesn't surprise anyone. Also, another great use of the word stellar there to describe our podcast. Two people have said that now. Yeah, that's nice. What I could say to, to him there, why doesn't he buy his white one? That's an that's awful amazing. idea. That's nice thinking. I can categorically tell you as a woman, that's an awful idea. Why? Oh, because women don't like beer. That's sexist, Helen. Nah. Is this a new trend that if you want something for Christmas, you just buy it for your husband and wife? <laughs> husband or a wife, I mean. <laughs> that's a great idea, I'm telling you. 
I bet it's not part of it. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Helen, Sam and Maisie. Hope you all have great breaks and manage to get some time off. Thanks for the brilliant United podcast. Uh, too many highlights across all the episodes to go through. All of my favourites here, but by far my favourite one is this year when you managed to get Jesper Olsen in for an interview, um, to be able to get a question to him and for you to arrange to have a, sh- a signed shirt from Jesper uh, means the world to me. So thank you very much. Look forward to listening to more episodes and come on, United. He should be on the radio. His voice is I amazing. I was literally thinking that. He's got a radio voice. Yeah. I know that's not really the point of the message, but great voice. Well done. And that marks the end of 2023. It's been an absolute pleasure to host the Manchester United podcast once again. Um, some great people along the year. Uh, yeah, no, I've had a wonderful time. It's the most fun, isn't it, doing this? It's, it's, uh, it's literally a dream come true. How silly to get to just sit down and talk to people that played for May United about all the fun they had. Uh, it's amazing that people listen. It's amazing to listen to it in real time. It's a wonderful thing. I really love it. Well, that's it. 2023 over and out. Thank all of you so much for getting involved. If you want to send us a voice note, or if you want to send us an email, you can send both to unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. The address is in the show notes. As always, we appreciate uh, if you can subscribe. We appreciate um, people writing reviews and all that kind of... The obvious stuff that everybody tells you to do at the end of every single podcast. It's repeated a million times, isn't it? Like and subscribe, etc. All that's left to say is Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's been a pleasure working with the power of you again. And you, Maisie. Oh, I love the Maisie is full of joy today. Enjoy your Christmas Coca-Cola meat. Are you dressing as Father Christmas again for Helen's kids? Yes. That's lovely. What a tradition. I mean, it's news to me, but he doesn't know where my new house is, thankfully. (laughs) Merry Christmas. It's a pleasure to work with you both every single time. And have a happy new year. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. See you later.